The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. It's a wild pass through a goal. Swansea beyond Fodringham. And the Millers are in front in the South Yorkshire Derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box for Duffy. He can hit them. And he does. Hello everybody, welcome back to New York Talk, this is the Rotherham United podcast, thank you for joining us, we have another defeat, we still only have one point on the board, but there's plenty of positives, there's plenty of plenty of positives to take out of the defeat at Leicester, home to Leicester City. We will also look ahead because we have a blockbuster round two Carabao Cup tie at Stoke City to talk about, which we're all excited about. Uh, and then we'll pick up wherever else we can find. We also have the draw um, for the shirt that uh, that Kev Johnson will be raising money for, for the McMillan uh, care. That'll be done partway through the episode. We will do that. We've got a wheel ready to go. Um, we'll do that later on in the show. Need, don't worry about that. Mick, how are you doing? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. It's going to be a good laugh tonight because I've got a cough and then your voice is going. So um, it's uh, the perfect environment to uh, to do a podcast, I think. It is. Yeah, it is. Um, Danny will be with us later on. He's been, he's been working, uh, so it might be a bit late, but he will be with us. should be with us later on, Danny, hopefully. Um, so we've got a few people, obviously loads of people in the comments. As always, YouTube user, Power Mad, Martin Holland, Steve Grundy. Um, says he got the score, score, line, score line collect from side prediction. Michael Carnell, Graham Lindley, Gav Grundy says, Evening all, thought we were worth a point. Kim Haywood and Ruth Clark are with us as well. Dave Carl says, Good evening, the best is yet to come. Yet to come. Um, okay, I'm happy, mate. Let's just talk about the overall general feeling before we talk into a lot of specifics to talk about from the game, to be honest with you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, general feeling, like I said, I, like a, I sort of joking, I said at the start of the episode, we've only got one point, we've lost three out of four games. But how do you feel about the season ahead and, and how we've started the season, I suppose? It's interesting, isn't it? Because you, you, you look at, if you were to go back now and watch all four games back to back, you the, the, the progression will be obvious. It will be so obvious. Uh, we started off at Stoke absolutely just yeah. dreadful, woeful. Um, and we finished, finished yesterday at five o'clock or whatever time it was. Very, very disappointed that we've not taken anything off the Premier League big boys, yeah. um, so to speak, uh, and, and and in my view, justifiably disappointed. Mm. You know, um, so it 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 feels very positive. You know, yeah. obviously on the back of a defeat, we we last night we're a bit a bit low, I guess. But when you've uh, slept on it and had time to think about it, no, I'm 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 really positive, really really happy with what I saw yesterday. 
in terms of the level of performance. Mm. I agree. There's so many positives to take out of the game yesterday. Uh, and there's so many positives to take out of the Sunderland game. And there's so many positives to take out of the Blackburn game. Uh, we, we'll just forget we ever played Stoke. Because yeah. that were a <laughs> um, and I think yesterday was the longest we played well. You know, the Blackburn mm. game was you know, around 40 minutes, give or take, we played well. The Sunderland game was about 25 minutes. We played pretty well. This was 70 minutes, basically, up until the sort of subs started being made. Yeah, yeah. That that's the longest we paid. So there is a, a, a very clear, like I say, it's a very clear, obvious progression from mm. game to game so far. Which is all you can really ask. We all, well, we all want 12 points on board, this, that, and the other. Yeah. But at this stage, it's about progressing, and eventually the results will come. The results will definitely come. The results will definitely come. Um, it's 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 a change in the style of football. Um, and and it's 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 one that that I've I've longed for for, for 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 ages. You know, under under Paul Warren, we played that high energy, high press that I keep banging on about, um, and I loved it. However, we had nothing else. That was it. You know, um, and and there was a lot of long ball stuff. There was a lot of um, direct play, but now we're still we're still playing that high energy, high press. But we're looking to maintain possession of the ball a lot more. Uh, not only looking, we are doing. Yeah. You know, um, some of the football we played yesterday was 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 outstanding. Mm. I'm talking about Rotherham United here. You know, I'm not talking. You know, and, and and that's the thing. It may not be outstanding to to the likes of Leicester or you know any any Russell Martin team. Um, however, from our point of view. Um, it was excellent because we, we 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 tried to keep the ball. We we didn't try to keep the ball. We kept the ball. Yeah, and we were effective and positive in the way that we passed the ball as well. We weren't looking to just fit around across the back four. It was always looking to get forward and, and get on the front foot. Um, and yeah, it's just really positive. I, I, I genuinely feel that we are moving quite quickly in the right direction, but. There are some books, aren't they, which I'm sure we'll come on to. Um, yeah. But overall, from a from a performance point of view, and you've got to, you've also got to bear in mind the the, the opposition that we've played so far. Um, you know, Stoke. I think a, a lot of people's dark horses to be finishing. The, they've sort of gone under the radar in terms of their, their recruitment, but they've recruited very well. <clears throat> Blackburn, maybe not quite so much. Sunderland playoff contenders last season. Well, Blackburn were. As were Blackburn. And obviously Leicester City. I don't know whether anybody's mentioned this. I'll I'll just I'll let you know. I don't know whether you do know you might not. They yeah, they actually won the Premier League. Did they? They did. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They should tell people more. Well, they they, they, and not only that, they've still got a couple of players playing for them who actually did that. So, you know, it's um yeah, anyway. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, a few comments. John Mel says, Paul says, have to turn to points quickly as playing well and losing is not a good habit. It's not, but I think the style of play just leads itself to positive. It's a tough, it's, I, I remember the start of the season, Rob Staten came in for an incredible amount of stick from fans yeah, because he suggested that's a really, really tough start. And do you know what? It's turned out to be a really, really tough start. It's turned out to be absolutely spot on. Um, I don't get any easier. And it doesn't get anywhere in Norwich next week, does it? No. No, no of course it doesn't. Um, right, John, Danny... We'll have Birmingham soon, won't we? So that'll that'll kind of bring level down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny, you're with us. How are you doing, mate? 
I'm doing all right, thank you. How are we both? Very, very good. Just give us your general thoughts. We'll talk about the specific goals and incidents later in a minute. In a minute, but just give you general thoughts and feelings on the Millers' performances, performance yesterday, and how are you feeling, positive or negative, about it all? Um, I think looking back, um, <clears throat> I drew quite a lot of comparisons between Sheffield United playing Man City. You know, you can you can quite clearly tell the levels of the two teams, but we gave a good account of ourselves against an opposition that. You know, as a wage bill that's nearly ten times ours, mm. um, and we made the contest look a lot closer than what it was on paper. And I think if you were to play with that same level for and see it out for longer of the game, um, we'll be a okay this season. I still think there's the issue of seeing the game out because we seem to drop off a lot after 75, 80 minutes or so. Um, maybe that's the lack of squad depth. I'm not sure, <clears throat> but um, overall, I think it was a good showing. It's just a shame that we didn't pick up a point, at least, for efforts, that's all. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, a few comments. Even, the evening was for Martin Gamble's. Thought we were worth a point. Fred was man of the match for him. You'll talk about Fred in a minute, because we have to, uh, for those reasons that Mark mentions. Andy Peace has had a genuine goal scorer, and we have a competent championship. If you had a genuine goal scorer, but more than competent chat for me, a championship squad. This has been a very difficult start, and I'm certain that we'll get some results against lesser teams. I think I think he makes a good point there. And, mm. and you know, we've been dreaming for six, eight years now of having a competent championship yeah. squad. And, and it's, a, it's a good word because it's clear that I think we've, we've now got that. Um, we, well, we've now got a competent starting 11 plus some competent backups, but not enough. Back, not enough competent depth um, that has to be the next step in our progression as a club to, to achieve that yeah. level you know we're not we're not we, should, we can't possibly be aiming to achieve an exceptional top end championship club in one you know in, in one league it's about progression and uh, I, I think we are not a million miles away from there at all no we're not um, let's talk about the first major incident of the game Cheryl Stone says although we were in sense yesterday it looks like it may have been the right decision. Now, obviously, this is in reference to the goal that was disallowed. Uh, I can't, I can't. It was twenty minutes in, something like that. Um, bit of confusion about what the referee gave at the time, um, but on on reflection, Mick, it's a foul on the keeper from Dexter. Dexter's backed into the goalkeeper. For, this is my opinion, obviously. Dexter's mm -hmm. backed into the goalkeeper, and Hugo is possibly offside. We'll never, we, we don't have the angle to say yes, he was offside or not. I could, if the line was giving him offside, I could probably accept that from the angles we've been given. So, I'm, it's it's the right decision, sadly for me. Um, yeah, I'm not going to argue it, and I don't want to. I don't want to spend half an hour banging on about officials and and, and referees. But th there's some confusion, and yeah. there was confusion at the time. Um, I don't think he's given it for offside. Okay, I, I genuinely don't, and and the reason being, one, I don't think Hugo touched it. I think it went straight in off Cameron for his head. Um, okay. And then onto the post and in is my sort of how I read the video. Um, arguably, Hugo was in an offside position, but um, but if it given it for offside, at the point that they have, have had their conversation and their discussion and, and decided to disallow it, at that point, the, refer the, the linesman should be raising his flag for offside. 
that's that just at least to yeah. signify what's been given, and he didn't. At no point did it. So, so my, I, I'm I'm coming down on the side that it probably wasn't given for offside. The referee gave an indirect free kick, so he can't have given it for the foul on the goalkeeper, because that's not an indirect free kick. So the only thing I can think of is that he's given it for obstruction on the goalkeeper. Yeah. Now I don't. I've talked to somebody earlier on today. I cannot remember, genuinely, I cannot remember, and somebody somebody in the comments might be able to tell me differently that, that they've seen it, but I cannot remember the last time outside of the 1980s when I saw an indirect free kick given for obstruction. I just can't remember it. So, yeah. so it, my train of thought here is that given the t- amount of time it took them to decide whether or not to disallow or allow the goal, they were, lo- they were more looking for a reason to disallow it than they were to, to let it go. There's confusion. If there's confusion, I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm not saying it's a bad decision. I'm saying it was poorly handled. It was poorly handled. It took too long to make the decision. The yeah, issue yeah. is the, 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 the length of time to, to make the decision. I, either it is. Have you got some bubbles in there, Danny? Or... <laughs> it's, it's a McDonald's milkshake. We know how thick we are. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Explosive, then. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they did take far too long. Far mm. too long. Uh, but anyway, listen, it got disallowed. Um, and, and, and we have to move on from that, don't we? Let's not get caught up yeah. in another sort of referees don't like his argument. Yeah. On that, it was, it was another one of those things that we scored a goal and then something bad happened, Danny. And this is, this is a potential issue going forward that when something bad happens to us, whether it's a red card for a new dimner, whether it's an injury to a dolphin, we're not very good at bouncing back instantly. It, it seems to take us five to ten minutes to find our feet again. And this is now... Four games in a row. You can include the capital red card as well, which we which we didn't deal with very well as a team. That is a bit of a concern that we're not dealing with the negative side of the game very well, in my opinion. So they score straight away, really, from from an avoidable goal. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think it's. Um, I, I don't know. It almost, it almost seems like there's a script written uh, for Rotherham, and if something happens. That is a part of the script, you know. It sort of like throws us off a little bit, you know. Like <clears throat> we've had a lot of disasters from scoring. You know, we had Peltier scoring against Stoke and then getting injured. Um, we had a Dauphin scoring and then getting injured. We had Onyedima um, scoring and then getting sent off. Um, I mean, I'm surprised Onyedima didn't get something. If I'm being <laughs> honest, you know, it 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 was virtually written in the stars that something would happen when we scored. Um, but yeah, it it it, it does seem like. You know, when something bad happens, like when Leicester scored the first goal, it took us a little bit to settle back into it, get a, get going again. And then, you know, we found it. Um, but then when we scored again, it's almost as if, you know, we didn't, we almost didn't have the energy to yeah. fight back at that point. Um, and like I mentioned just before, it could be a squad depth thing, you know, because we are quite light on the bench at the minute due to injuries and... Um, maybe being three or four players short potentially. Mm. Um, but yeah, 
it sounds really hard. It sounds really harsh criticizing, but it almost seems like we don't know how to see the game out. We know where the key points are. You know, I, if they've scored, respond. But if they score again, we don't know what the response is to that. You know, it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see what would occur if we were the ones who scored first. Um, yeah. Like, do we try and sit on it? Do we try and get a second one? Like, what would be the case there? I mean, we scored first against Sunderland, and then we just dropped off throughout the game. Um, so at least we know what the response is to a goal when it happens early on, but the response to the goal when it happens later on, um, again, it, going towards more of a squad depth thing, I think it's just like, what now? Like, what's plan C? You know, plan mm. A is obviously to score first, but plan B, if they score first, we know how to do that, but what's plan C? Mm. You know, where's what's the response? Um, <clears throat> might be different after the transfer window shut, we'll have to wait and see, but yeah, it, it does seem to be a running theme that. When something bad happens, we respond well. When something else bad happens, we don't respond well. Mm. Yeah, it's an issue. But Gerard Simpson is a mentality issue, which is bloody hard to work on. Yeah, mm-hmm. of course it is. It's essentially a habit. And then, yeah, I don't know, mate. Just your general thoughts of, I can't think of the right phrase, to be honest with you, but we're not, we're not dealing with adversity. That's the one. Mm. When, when something goes against us, we're really struggling mm. at the minute. And that's something that Taylor's going to work on because. We're going to go through a lot of adversity this season. We're going to lose a lot of goals, a lot of games. We're going to lose yeah, yeah. a lot of goals. We yeah. we need to find a way of dealing with it better than we have done so far. To be honest with you, I don't think we 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 suffered particularly in terms of our performance once once that goal was disallowed. I, I think there were a, a bit of disappointment amongst the players, but I, I don't think there's a direct correlation between that and and them then going down the other end and scoring. It, it oh, no, no, we were poor though. We were poor for a five ten minute period, weren't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe, like you said, I think Matt Taylor alluded to it in one of his uh, post-match interviews that, you know, it, it the, the, the the feeling on the pitch was, oh, it's happening to us again kind of yeah. attitude. So, so yeah, that is something that we need to get rid of. But it, it's not been helped, obviously, by the injustices that we've, we as a club and as a set of supporters feel that we've been handed down over the, the first few uh, first few games of the season. So, it... it, it it's going to take a while for that to get out of the system, uh, yeah. but you know it's we're all they're, they're all grown men, and uh, and yeah. I'm sure I'm sure it'll not that I don't think this is going to be an issue we're going to be constantly talking about for the rest of the season. You know, mm. it's just a, a phase of um, phase of play, if you like, or a phase of the season that uh, causing a bit of an issue at the moment. We'll be fine, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Jalen Simpson says, from what I read in the post-match article, it seems the squad and the fans think that the world uh, is against them. Sorry for me, I meant to pull. Yeah, that, that's from what I, I, I like. What world's against us? I do like that. Well, um, the thing is, Steve Evans built a career on that, hasn't he? He has exactly, exactly what he's done. Mourinho to an extent as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it, it's something that can be turned into a, a positive is probably not the right word, but a, 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 some sort of motivation to... Um, to, 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 well, to push you onwards, I don't know. Mm. Who knows? Let's move on to, before we talk about our goal and our positives, I want to get the negative out of the way, and that's that's, that's Coin Bramble. We've got to talk about Coin Bramble. Um, he's coming for, predictably, he's coming for a bit of stick on social media. Um, it's one of those times that I, I can't remember feeling as sorry for a player as I did at the end of the game for Coin Bramble. He was very clearly devastated. And I don't think he's had a bad game. First, I'll go through what I think in terms of the goals. The first goal is not Coen Bramwell's fault. 
all his responsibility that the ball should have been stopped. Once that ball is hung up in that in that fashion, Bramall's what's he going to do? The, the, the attacker's got the momentum. He's in. A, he's stuck. It should have been stopped before it got to him. And the second one's just a nice mistake. He's, he's trying to pick up two men. He's misjudged the flight. I think other than that, he, he did okay. Um, I, yeah, I just felt so sorry for the end. Yeah, I think <clears throat> with the whole two men thing, it almost seems like he's quite almost isolated on the left hand side. Mm. You know, he always seems to be picking up two men, which you know isn't necessarily his fault um, because you know it, it's a team unit. But <clears throat> I agree. I think. Bramall knew he'd made a mistake, um, and he, you know, even apologised to the fans as he was walking around at the end on his own. Yeah. You know, so for me, that takes a lot, you know, a lot, a lot of guile and, and has a lot of respect to it because he's he's took accountability for it. He's admitted like that's mm. my bad. You know, yeah. he could have quite easily disappeared, disappeared down the tunnel and not bothered with it, and then worked on it himself, but. You know, he knew about it, but I agree with the first one. I think the ball should have been stopped before the cross, you know, um, or before they got into the crossing position. You know, that's not just Colin Bramall's fault for not challenging the player effectively. That could have been stopped two or three times before. Um, and the second goal, it's not a mistake, it's led to a goal. Like, that's one of the most devastating things for a defender when you make the mistake yeah. and then they score. Um, but again, like I say, he's took accountability for it. He knows he's made the mistake. Um, and it's just something for him to work on. I think getting on the back will just make them make more mistakes because it just mm-hmm. takes the confidence away. Yeah. You know, I think having the uh, the self-reflection to go, yeah, that's my mistake, I apologise for it. <clears throat> uh, and then to build on that, that'll give him a lot of confidence back. And for fans to go, yeah, he's admitted his mistake, we, we move on to the next one. Mm. Yeah, uh, John Simpson says pace is amazing, just not great defensively. Can he work on this, or should should we utilise differently on Matt Taylor? We've, we've talked about that before. I think it could be. Uh, Nicholas Skimmer says I thought he had a decent game for the second. Yeah, okay, was it with his man? But he was covering the middle man, and the switch of play was a great, great for crossfield ball. Yeah, yeah. and the finish weren't too bad either. Right, the puts. Yeah, I mean, he's covering two men. Danny, Danny right, the points out, and you pointed out yesterday, mate. He's got two men. Mm-hmm. He can't. He can't mark both men. He had to make a decision. Mm. He's made the decision to go with a middleman and try and then cover any crossfield ball. It hasn't worked out, and it's just it's a stunning finish. Yeah, it should. He shouldn't be hammered for that. We're going to hammer next time Victor makes a mistake. We're going to hammer Victor, and next time that Cam Humphries makes me like Sunderland, he didn't get hammered for making that mistake. We've got to be really careful on this. I think. Well, anybody who who can deal with their own emotions can be careful about it, can't they? And, and, and understand the consequences or potential consequences of, of of telling somebody that they're not good enough to be playing for us, you know? Mm. There's, there's, a, there's a middle ground to be had, and, and the, the lad has made a mistake. He's held his hand up to, to the mistake. He was Literally. clearly gutted, absolutely gutted, you know? And, and he's waited for everybody to go off the pitch, for all his teammates to take their applause for the performance that they've had, and then he's gone round and apologised. That takes some balls for me, and, and I, he's really, really gone up in my estimation. I like yeah. him anyway, but but the, the way he dealt with the fact that he'd made that mistake, really, for me, I, I, it just makes me like him even more. Um, to say he's not good enough, it's a game of opinions, this, isn't it? You know, everybody's got a different opinion. Um, I don't agree with that at all. He's absolutely good enough to play in a championship side, and he's good enough to play in our side. 
Um, he's defensively at times he's sometimes left wanting. However, he's, he's because of his pace, he's able to get out of that a lot of the times. A lot of the time, the issue yesterday for me, um, for probably for both goals, as, as you've just pointed out there, Tyler Blackett and Cam Humphries need to help him out a little bit mm-hmm. because he's constantly getting he's, he's constantly getting doubled up on, and, and it's not you know he's not getting that help. There were two or three times, particularly in the first half, where we were literally covering two men, and they were just playing the ball around him, yeah, they were. Um, and and he, and he and he managed to to stop the cross getting in or or whatever on most occasions, but he's never going to do it every time. So he needs some help from his from his uh, defenders and possibly coming back from midfield as well. That's something they're going to have to work on. That's a tactical issue. That's not a, an ability issue. Um, I, yeah, it disappoints me. But it's the way of the world, isn't it? You know, that, that people feel that if, if I think a player's not good enough, I'd like to think that I'm not going to come on here or go into social media and say how crap they are. I'm probably have in the past. And if I have, it's wrong. Because it makes it, it you know, if, if, somebody, if, if somebody's suffering with a confidence, whatever it is in life, you know, if somebody you don't know just tells you you're not good, you're no good anyway, how is, what benefit? The only person that benefits from that is the person who says you're not good enough because it means that they can deal with their own inability to deal with their emotions by putting it onto somebody else, you know? It's it's, it's poor. It's poor for me. That, mm-hmm. Again, it's all about opinions, isn't it? You know? And if, if people want to do it, let them do it. But I, I don't think it benefits the club and it certainly doesn't benefit the player um, to, to have people calling them out on, on social media. Mm. Say that they're not good enough when they clearly are. Mm. They make a couple of mistakes, and all of a sudden they're bad players. It's just, it's just, it's the way of the world, isn't it? And I accept that. Don't make it right, though. No, it's just a good job we didn't do this podcast when Jason Taylor playing in it, Mick, because then that you might have have a different view. Then I may do, but I don't think I don't think I will be personally attacking him. No, no, no. you know what I mean, and and that's what it and and it's it's drawing that line in it, and and that's not about football. That's just about. Social media in general, in it, but it, it frustrates me because it's our club, it's our team, and, and the last thing we want is a, a player turning up to training or a player turning up to Norwich game on Saturday, lacking in confidence because he thinks that the fans or watching him are about to get on his back. You don't need it. It's mm. it's, a, it's an added pressure that's that's not necessary. Why would you do that to your own team? It doesn't make any sense to me. Don't compute. Agreed. Uh, right, we're going to move on and do the prize draw now, um, and then we're going to talk about the positive side of things. So this is for the uh, shirt that Kev Johns has arranged. I don't have the uh, season again. Do you remember the season shirt it is, is Danny? Uh, 94, 95, isn't it? Yeah. This would obviously raise funds for Matt Goodwin, um, for, I think, for the McMillan. Okay, I think, I think I'm right in saying. Mm. Um, Did you do any research for this, Matt? Before well, <laughs> sadly, Kev couldn't come on the show. Kev was meant to, but sadly, Kev couldn't do it. So we're filling in badly for him. <laughs> um, and I said that I'm going to try. But what we're going to do is given the given the list of names, we're going to do the uh, the wheel which he's done in the past. And we're going to try this. Um, we've got I've got all the names, so let's try and do this. So we're going to share my screen. Apologies for the audio listeners. This might not. It's the fact this is live. This is going to be brilliant. I'll, I'll try and commentate through it. 
So everybody can see there on the, on the audio, so you can see all the names of the people that have been on this. Um, Mick and Danny, just to confirm, I can't see that you can see that. Can you see this? I can. Fantastic. So we will play it through here, and hopefully we will get a winner. Good luck, everybody, who is uh, who has participated and raised funds for the look at. It's really, you know, me or Danny wins this. Uh, we have Bernie, I think that's how you say it. B Y R N E Y. If you are the winner, congratulations. You have won that. I was a glorious shirt because I thought it was a very nice shirt, but I would have loved to have won it. Uh, but congratulations and thank you to everyone who has donated as well. Throughout what participate but in, the, in the prize draw because obviously it owns a, a wonderful cause. Uh, as, as there are many, that's well into every involved Kevin, Matt Goodwin. Who organised laps? Um, thank you, everybody. Right. I bet, I bet you the winner is just currently doing laps around, around his living room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot of names on there. Um, so obviously that's a lot, of, a lot of money raised. Let me see if Kev's giving me a total. Uh, bear with. Should have, again should have done this before. We don't have a, you know, He hasn't given the total yet, but I'm sure he will. He will. He will let us all know when he is able to do so. Let's move on. Let's move forward. Um, Positives, Danny. Positives, positive, positive. There are plenty of positives. Let's start with the goal of Fred on your dimner. Um, <laughs> he is some player, that lad, isn't he? You know what I mean? I, I I, think we are very lucky to have a player like that because he has all the attributes he could need. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it helps when he's not suspended through a silly refereeing decision as well. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I mean, we're saying on the post-match, you know, it's like two goals from two headers for him, but mm. the very different grades of header. The first one was a power drive of a diving header, and this one was, it almost seems like just to politely kiss his forehead and it's snuck in at the, at the far post. Mm. Um, but if he's getting in them sort of positions where, you know, he loses his man, he finds himself in space, he's able to get the header in and uh, a shot on target, you know, that's going to be key this season. Um, <clears throat> you know, and he seems to put in the work no matter what wing he's on. I, I noticed his swap wings at yeah. one point against Leicester as well, and he does seem quite effective on both wings. Um, but he's getting in them goal-scoring positions, you know, it's almost as if Hugo or Eves or whoever draws in... Um, the centre arse, you know, because they're the big man that's up top, and just sort of sneaks in behind him, and you know, gets a, and then gets a shot on target, and so far two goals. Um, and it seems like a system that we could benefit from, you know, because everyone like sees the big man and likes mm. to put in our challenges on him, but it's the guy playing off his shoulder, like slightly behind him or slightly wider than him, that they don't seem to track sometimes. And I think that's the case with on your dimmer, like he loses his man, gets in the. Um, <clears throat> in the positions to get the header on target, and like I said, so far it's two goals. Um, it did seem to take an age to go in, if I'm being honest. Like, I, I, I was bang behind it, and it's like, please, like, I was expecting the keeper to get there because he pulled off a couple of worldies that game as well, but he didn't get there. And for a brief moment, it's like, yeah, we're giving Leicester a game here, you know, already I'll say the champions elect Leicester, but. We gave him a game, and I think it was on your dimmer's goal that really put it towards like, hey, we, we could get a couple here. You know, we didn't like, but we certainly played a lot better when we equalised. Yeah, um, yes. And then 
every positive we've got so far, and I hate to say this, every positive we've got so far always has like the negative, like kicking the can down the road behind it. So that's the positive. We matched Leicester. We played really well against them. We got the equaliser and we were pushing for a second and we could have got one. But the negative to that is that we got to the drop-off point and then you could see where you know the, the squad depth and stuff comes from. But in terms of having on your dim mode, not suspended, he's a real asset to this team, and it's just a shame that he's on loan, in my opinion. Yeah, um, he's only was almost a swap for Chio, Mick. Uh, mm. And although he was a he is, he is a different type of player to Chio. And although we all love Chio and we'll not have a bad word said against Chio, I think on your dimness suits the way Matt Taylor wants to play better than Chio did. Chio's work rate was always lacking, he did everything else brilliantly, but the work rate, work rate was lacking. Only Dimner's work rate is phenomenal. Yeah. He pops up in places you just think you just think, oh, is it left? No, he's actually he's actually right hand side. Stood next to Andre Green, who is meant to be opposite side to, and then next minute he's defending his position at left hand side again. Yeah. Um he could be a key, key player this season because he's he just fits Rosalind United perfectly. It seems to, doesn't he? You're, you're absolutely right. Um and, it, and he is a bit of an upgrade on Chio with the greatest respect because of that work rate. You know, he can do just about the same thing that Chio can do. He's maybe he's not as quick, obviously, uh, because there are a few that are, but um, you know, he's popping up with goals. He's he's he's, he's, he's like a cross between Chio and Ole Rathbone, yeah. um, in, in, in the sense that he's, he's just he gets everywhere. So, yeah, hugely, hugely impressed with him, and quite surprising to see some of the comments uh, looking back now with hindsight, some of the comments from some sections of the Luton. Uh, supporters saying, you know, we're glad, glad kind of mm. glad to get rid of him and laughing that, you know, he's not going to do all. Well, it's another one of those, isn't it? You know, players find homes, I guess. Yeah. I think that might be a bit of a, an exaggeration, but they find a place and a system and a team that they're comfortable in. Um, yeah. And and those those systems, those teams evolve and they become uncomfortable and they become bad players again. You know what I mean? I, I, I think at Luton he was playing wing-back. Yeah. And, and he's far, far better suited. He's far more dangerous going forward. Mm. Obviously, we've not seen his defensive um, ability yet and, and haven't needed to, thankfully. Hopefully, we won't have to. Um, so, but yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a hell of a signing. Hell of a signing. Mm. Yeah. I thought, yeah, I thought, I thought, I thought the front three worked a lot of stick. We'll maybe talk about Hugo in a minute. But I thought the front three worked quite well. Mm. It was noticeable when Hugo came off that the front three didn't work anymore. Um, yeah, kind of it, to be honest with you. Um, another player who stood out, Danny, and another player who was getting better game by day game is Dexter Lumbikisa. Um, me and Mick talked about this in the game yesterday. It was this time last year we had Brooknot and Cuffy, and we played a different side, different formation. Um, but I am seeing much more potential in Lumbikisa than I did, ever saw in, in, in Brooknot and Cuffy. Brooknot and Cuffy was, was quite good going forward. There were question marks defensively, certainly eventually. Um, you're struggling to say where Lemberseeker's weakness is. Maybe he's young, he's raw, he's maybe his decision making is not quite there at times, but he's great going forward, he's great defensively, he's not scared of a tackle. He's everything you want in a right back. Potentially, he's crossing as well. Possibly. <clears throat> I've noticed that his crossing always seems to be like a little bit deep, but other than that, like. One of the main concerns was because he like do do defensive. You know, he's, mm. like I say, he's very good at going forward. He's got a lot of pace, um, and I think the pace of Onyedimir and Lemikisa is 
not quite cheating, but it's a bit, you know, it has potential to be overlaps, yeah. you know. And, and at times at Leicester, they were on the overlap together. You know, Lemmy Keys would have pushed forward and Onyedima had come um, narrow to receive the ball, but they were overlapping each other. Um, <clears throat> but with Dexter, he, he showed me, certainly me against Leicester, that he has that defensive side to him. Yeah. Um, maybe that's something they've been working on in training. Um, but it, like I say, he's not scared for a tackling and he tracks back. Mm. You know, I think early doors he didn't really track back as much, whereas certainly against Leicester, maybe it was because it was the calibre of the team or what, but he tracked back and he did so effectively. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and say he's only 19 year old and he's <clears throat> starting to show what he's capable of, at least in the way we operate, that's very positive and shows how much potential he's got. You know, like obviously he's not at Wolves by accident, you know, but um, he's it's almost like he's coming out of his shell with us. If that makes sense, you know, yeah. it was more, it was more of a I'm going to attack and get crosses into the box. Because now it's like he has to do the um, almost the dirty work of football. You know, like being the fast wide player, but you need to defend at the same time. And mm. like I say, showing he can do that and. He keeps going from strength to strength, then again, it's another player that's a real asset and another, in my opinion anyway, clever piece of business in the transfer window. Yeah, no, it is absolutely. Um, their, their, their winger, um, Steffi Mavididi, did just struggled, Mick. There, there were countless times where Dexter, he's got a little shimmy, hasn't he? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Where he goes and then goes back and then goes again and yeah, just yeah. Sort of takes off. Yeah, um, they they couldn't deal with his movement. That is right. I think cross cross the issue, and he, and he and he hasn't got a left foot to put it no. politely. Um, but yeah, uh, he's what we need. The issue is we've got no backup penalty is injured. That's the issue, and we're asking yeah. him to play ninety minutes, and he was blowing from probably seventy minutes onwards yesterday. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, was. Yeah. Other than that, he was arguably up for man at match for me. Yeah, he was up there, wasn't he? He was up there. Quality, quality player that lad, or he, he certainly will be. Like you say, yeah. he's a bit raw at the moment, but to give him three or four years, and he will be without a question a Premier League, uh, a Premier League player. He's uh, he is quality, no doubt. Uh, and another one that you know, it's surprised why that we've got him, but yeah, I'm glad we have. You know, yeah. both 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 him and Fred stand out um, as having that quality, um, over and above what we've had previously in this uh, in this division. There's a massive step up in quality, and you know, it, it, for other supporters of other championship teams, the step up in quality probably won't mean anything because all we're doing is is getting to their level. But we are getting to their level, and it's not a level that we've seen consistently at this club for, for many years. So it's it, you know, it, and, and and players like Dexter are massive, massively contributing to that. So, yeah, I, I love him. Love him to bits. And it looks like he's having fun. He you know, looks happy, yeah. Enjoying himself. Yeah. Which is, which is huge. It's huge. Yeah, it is. And I, I can see why Jamaica have called him up so young as well. Yeah. Um, you, you, want, you want that. You want that in your team um, internationally going forward because he's going to have a career. He's going to have a good career in. I'm not absolutely. He absolutely is. Um. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. 
That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, then then we'll talk about some of the positive forms in a, in a, in a bit, Danny, but something we've alluded to a few times is depth. Uh, it, I think we called an episode last week, issues of depth. Um, that issue is still there because when things need to change, obviously we brought um, Appier on for his debut, which was obviously which was, which was good. Um and then good, good but quiet, I think, from Appiah. It was good, yeah. It was, it was quiet. Uh, it, it, it needs a bit of match fitness, I think. Um, but then the rest of the, the other three subs, you're taking John Hugel off of Tom Eves, Sahi, which we'll talk about again in a minute, came off for JJ, and Ollie Rathbone had to come off for Kieran McGuckin as well. That's an issue because Leicester bringing on Jamie Vardy. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying let's compete with this, you know what I mean? I'm not, but this is. This is what we're up against. We're, we're not. We don't have played. Eve, Eve sadly didn't improve us. JJ sadly didn't improve us. McGuckin was filling in in a, in a position he doesn't play. So there's issues here that had we been able to change the game positively with a Jamie Lindsay or an Adolphin or something like that, the game could have gone very differently in the end. That's what's probably cost us in, in the game. Really, I think. Yeah, I, I mean, even up top, you know, instead of bringing Eve's on, bringing Kelly on, you know, yeah. I think. I think with Eves, um, it, it's almost as if Eves isn't as like free flowing as Jordan Hugel is. He's like sort of plays a similar role, but he's not as free flowing with Hugel, and you know he doesn't press quite as much as Hugel does. Whereas, you know, Georgie Kelly is very unorthodox and he'll do anything, mm. and he'll end up scoring somehow. Um, but yeah, it, it was interesting that uh, Tai came off for Coyote, Um because Tai is a midfielder. Into um, that was an injury, though. It was an injury. Still, still interesting though that he came off and then they brought another attacker on in in JJ. You know, I think out of any of them, a rotation in midfield and bringing McGuckin on for T that that may have been a little bit different. Um, that rotation in midfield put Cafu a bit deeper, and then having McGuckin and, and Rathbone like, as you as you. Um, Forward midfielders, if you like, that I, I mean, I don't have me, me way for a license, so I'm not entirely sure, but it, like in my head, it sort of makes a little bit more sense. Um, and I mean, even it, it, it just seemed like odds, weirdly, you, you know what I mean? It, it, it mm. sort of seemed like they're the substitutions you'd make without the depth. Like, obviously, we don't have a lot of injuries, like, we can't bring Lindsay on, um, we can't bring a Dauphin on, we can't bring Ferguson on, we can't bring Kelly on. Um, can't bring Peltier on. Um, 
So like that's quite a lot of names that you can't really yeah. bring on. And then you're sort of left with Eves, KOD, McGuckin, uh, Douglas, McCart, and then obviously um, Appiah, um, who seems the one to make the most sense, if that, if you get me. Yeah. But, but again, he came on and and was good, but quiet. Could put that down to being a sub, making your debut, which is always harder than being the starter, I think, yeah. because you're watching how everything happens and it's like, right, I need to match them. So it's almost like putting more pressure on yourself. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it was just a strange one with substitutes. I think, like I say, if we had more players that weren't injured, then it yeah. may have been a different story. You know, you could have brought a Dauphin on for, for T if he was injured. You could have brought on Lindsay for Rathbone and have that sort of switch. Mm. Um, but unfortunately, we don't have that. And I think Taylor knew as a lot of us knew that we needed a change to try and shake the game up a little bit. And he tried that, and it almost felt like it were firing blanks because nothing really changed. Yeah, you know, it's like we tried to match the intensity level with those new subs, but we didn't have any more push. If that makes sense, you know, like push going forward and stuff. Um, but I, I've spoken to a few people about this, and they've said when we've got a fuller squad, both injury wise and signing wise, then it adds more depth. It adds more different ways of playing, and you know, we could be all right. I mean, it's not going to be too long until Adolphin and Kelly are back. That'll be a boost. Yeah. Um, Ferguson, again, it's an option down the left side, but we've not really heard a time frame with that, have we, really? No, I mean, didn't want to be an issue, it? Yeah, uh, and I think the two key areas to focus on is a stri- probably a striker um, of whatever guile, because let's face it, signings like, oh, it's a striker, we'll take it. You know, it's like, um, <laughs> that just seems to be how it is. You know, link us to any striker, oh, what they'll do, you know. And maybe someone um, to cover Lembekisa now, now that, mm. that Peltier is out longer term. Uh, I think focus on them too. Maybe bring in another midfielder, maybe. But, you know, we've got quite a few in that department when Lindsay's back. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it feels like, you know, like we, we said about when, when it was Paul Warner of him United, it felt like, with Paul mm. Warren, but with this, it's like we're light because of injuries, and we maybe need three or four as mm. well. But then we could have three or four new incomings, but also leavings as well. So it's like, ooh, you know, yeah, stuff, but... yeah. Matt Tiller says he's hoping for three incomings this week. There, there will be outgoings, but it depends on what outgoings. If if outgoings is going to be a bowler, and we're bringing in somebody who can start for us, then that's a good swap. That's that's great. Um, you concert, we don't want to lose one of key players. Which I don't think we will, but you never know. Uh, but three three signs in a week is going to be busy. It's going to be a busy, man. <laughs> Jalen Sims says that definitely what's cost us in terms of depth, less than a week to go now, and I bet Rob Scott won't have a day off. He'll barely have 10 minutes off, probably, um, <laughs> next week or so. Um, is that, that fair, Mick? Three, three new signs is will that put us in a, in a great position? Because you're not going to have five injuries from main players out all season, you might get two or three at a time. We've got a lot of injuries that plus three men into there. Do you think that in terms of depth, think that puts us in a, in a good place? I think it puts us in a really good place, given the fact that Lindsay's on his way back, Hakeem Adopin's on his way back, Georgie Kelly's injury wasn't anywhere near, excuse me, as serious as uh, as was first thought. So, you know, straight away, without anybody coming in, once they're mm-hmm. back, you know, you're, you're almost up to strength. Yeah. Almost. Uh, so add another three onto that, and yeah, I'm. Very, very comfortable, particularly given the 
quality that we've already brought in. Um, you know, if they're of a similar similar level, then then I'll be absolutely singing for rooftops. That'd be fantastic. Um, let's see what this week brings. Um, it may be that when we turn out next Saturday against against Norwich, against Norwich, we've got no new incomings. We're gonna have to reassess at that point, aren't we? You know, um, and see what we can do. But um, there'll be some more in, I think, this week, and and hopefully by then we'll be uh, we'll be all right. We'll be comfortable. Yeah. I hope so. We don't have any names. There's no rumours I've seen lift floating about for, for the loanies. So let's wait and see um, who comes in. Hopefully, hopefully some good ones. Um, let's talk about a couple of other players before we move on to the Stoke game. Uh, first time most Rotherham fans got to see Tiahi, um in the flesh. Some bit of him. If you didn't go similarly, you didn't see him at all. But what were your thoughts there? I thought it was a really tidy player, really calm and nice nice on the ball. Um, there's, there's a lot of the bar lasses about him. There's also issues where there aren't, but... And what are your thoughts on him and the midfield three of Kaffa Women Rathbun? Um, I think to begin with it took him a little bit to find himself on home soil. Um <clears throat> that might be a little bit harsh on my part, but you know, it's always hard making your, your home debut after yeah. making it at somebody else's ground, you know, you know, because he came on against Sunderland. But um yeah, he's done well. I still think there's the whole bedding in phase that he needs. You know, he still needs to learn Matt Taylor really and learn the squad. <clears throat> um but he's getting there. Like you say, he's got a bit of a Dan Barlasser about him, but there are certain things where he doesn't. Um but I think the midfield three of Kafu Tai and, and Rathbone as a starting three works really well. Mm. Um but I definitely think it's a midfield three that needs rotation later in the game just to keep it fresh because it feels like it's a midfield three that they'll find out like oh Cafu's the distributor Tai puts himself about and Rathbone's the runner you know like if you bring on like a James Lindsay or an Adolphin later in the game um, keeps keeps it fresh I think mm. um, but no I, I like what I've seen of him so far um, and I know it, it's going to sound really really harsh I don't think it's club record good so okay. far but that's one of like the things of you know he grows into the role you know no yeah. no one hits the ground running completely you yeah. know you might hit the ground running and have a stumble um for example Cafu, I think he hit the ground running and had a stumble um but I think Ty is going to be the same thing I don't think he's hit the ground running though I think he'll grow into it and that probably links him more to Dan Barlasser as well. Barlasser didn't hit the ground running. He was a slow burner and came came really good for us. And I think he's going to be the same. Miss um, Tai, uh, I still haven't learned how to pronounce his name. <laughs> no, um, I, I was told I was told T E by Radio Sheffield, but it's like, is it? Yeah. It looks like Tai to me. Anyway, but yeah. It's probably going to be a slow burner, but I think maybe after the international break. He will be one of our standout performers. Yeah. Douglas Lillard is out. The more I think about him, the more I think I'm driving out. I can think he's called Coventry, to be honest with you. Mm. He's, yeah, not got, he's, he's not got the passing length that, that Dan Barla has had. He, can't, he doesn't seem to want to shoot because he had two or three times he could let rip yesterday. But he was so calm under the pressure. So there were a couple of times where there were two Leicester players on him mm. and he just calmly knocked the ball back to Victor or knocked it back to, to yeah. Cameron or whatever else. He just, I think he's going to be a dirty work kind of player, but probably better on the ball than Conor Coventry was. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I definitely see some uh, some real positives in that lad, given, like Danny's pointing out there, you know, the, the lack of play, game time that he's had. Um, there was some some proper 
some really good passing, uh, some, some really good vision from him um, on Saturday. And, and as you said, ridiculously cool and calm and collected on the ball, you know, and that's exactly what you want. It, there is there, I can see why, you know, some of the, the, the supporters of other clubs he's played for are, are, are sing his praises. And, and, and he's not, you know, he's, he's played, what, 50, 60 minutes um, before. I don't I mean, I don't know what the news is on his injury. I, I suspect it might have been cramp. Um, but I, 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 I again, I've seen a couple of, bit of bits of criticism today on Matt Taylor taking him off. Why is he taking Taye off? To be fair, uh, and, I, and I think the question was, are, are the medical team running institutions or is it Matt Taylor? Well, what I would say is that before the medical team even got to Taihi, he was signalling that it was done. It was, yeah. um, so, you know, it, it was clearly an injury. What that injury is, hopefully, it's just a bit of a cramp or whatever. Um, you know, he didn't go straight down the tunnel. He went and sat on the bench. So it's clearly nothing too, uh, nothing too serious to worry about. But, yeah, a player like him, like him. And, and, and the more I see a Cafu, the more I like him as well. He just goes about his business, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's the most un-Portuguese Portuguese player that, that I've ever seen, I think, because he just gets on with it without any sort of... There's no sort of continental flair about him, is there? You know, he just gets his head down and he does his job and he does it so well. Really, he's the really English good. Portuguese player that we've seen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he, just, he just... Yeah, it's not... He has got flair. He can be a player. He can be a pass. He can, you know. But but I don't know. He doesn't seem to rely on that. He just, like I said, just gets his head down and works. And uh, I love him. Brilliant. Yeah. We so, a criticism. We had a comment on the instant reaction yesterday from somebody who said Taylor out. Worst manager we've ever had. I had to I had to ask him if that was real so we could use on the podcast. And I thought, yep. He replied with, yep, changed the game by the three worst subs I've seen watching the Millers in 40 years. Uh, so that's... I, hang on, didn't Dexter Blankstock play for us at one point? Yes. Listen, it it, it, it's, again, you know, it, it, it can be difficult at times after after a, a, a defeat like that, when you feel like you should have got something out of the game, it can be difficult, I guess, to compute what you've seen and what's happened and you know, it's all about opinions, and 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 in my view, that opinion's wrong. In their right. view, it's right. Is I mean, they're quite clearly not going to get sacked. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That Sheffield Wednesday esque kind yeah. of comment. That um, we've still got zero points, by the way. Well, that's yeah, but, but that, that's going to come back to what me. I know it is. I know. But the bottom, the bottom line is the substitution was made for a reason. And yes, I fully agree. They didn't improve us. In fact, they made us worse. Um, yeah. I have to say, and I, I, I've been hugely disappointed in JJ. Yeah, um, poor yesterday. Both, both appearances. He strikes me as a player who, who's had a season out, season long injury. He's come back from a season long injury, and he's desperate not to get injured again. Mm. That's that's yeah. how he kind of holds himself, you know. For me, he's he's not um, he's not impacted the game at all. Tom Eves, Tom Eves is clearly a player that needs game time because I remember having a conversation at some stage and it was last season where I compared him to my garage door, kicking the, the ball against my garage door and it just bounces off. And 
And that's what's happening at the moment. And he's had no game time. He's got no touch. Last season, he got two or three games and he's, he's touch improved game on game and his, mm. his awareness and, and everything else improved game on game. I don't think that's going to happen this season. I think, I, th- I don't think it's the right fit. But again, why do we, why do we have to, why do we have to publicly pillory these players? You know what I mean? It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, the, the, what I will say about Eves, and, and this leads into my sort of defence of Hugel, is that it was really obvious that Hugel came off. It was really, I don't, and I don't think Hugel had a particularly good game. And I don't, like I said to me yesterday, I said this as well, I don't think Hugel's had a very good season so far, four games in. Mm-hmm. But when he came off, Danny, it was really obvious that the focal point had gone, and Eves is not able to, he doesn't have the game awareness to do what Hugel does. Mm-hmm. So are yeah. we being harsh on Hugel? Because he, he, like you mentioned, he, he linked Green and Onyedima together really well, and that and that only became noticeable after he came off. I think um, it was noticeable that Hugel came off because of we'd all seen how much Hugel had pressed the game and tried to stretch Leicester. I mean, there were a couple of times where he very, very nearly got the ball from the left keeper, and you know that's the sort of performance, like no fear sort of attitude that. Or sort of encapsulated Robin United and how we should play. We shouldn't fear teams like you know like Leicester, Leeds, Southampton, mm. Wednesday. Uh, we shouldn't play. We shouldn't fear teams like that because you know they're effectively on our level in terms of division. So why mm. should we be scared of them? But when Hugo came off, we sort of lost that press and he almost like Eves was just up top on his own and the wide players had dropped back. Um, like I say, make. I do. I do think Eves is a sort of player where he needs to run the games um, to like find his touch and find just almost like he's placing it all, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you have the argument of can we afford to give him that run of game until he settles in, where points mm-hmm. are so crucial for us, you know. We can't. Um, yeah, exactly. We can't. Um, I think can you imagine Eves and Hugo up top as a front two. That'd be terrifying. Um, but yeah, like you said, I don't think Hugo's had the best start. It seems like again a, a slow start. I think that could all that could what it be. Um, mm. But going back to what Ronnie Ronnie Moore said, he said you have to play to Hugo's strengths, and he really comes good for you. Like it's it's all mm. well and good in chasing the ball and closing it down, but in terms of going forward, if you're the wide man, you can provide the ball, and he needs to have the runner off him. And I think with the front three, he's got that because when one of them's wide, you just come short to Hugo. Um, whereas with Tom Eves, it's almost like Eves in front of him and then they've sort of come in behind him, weirdly. Uh, it feels like we play completely different. Mm. Or is that uh, Eves playing different? Yeah, well, I, think, I, think, I think Eves had a different attitude towards yeah. it than Hugo. Not, not necessarily a bad thing. I don't mean that as a, in a bad way. Like, that attitude's poor. It's just like the way they play football, you yeah. know, because everyone plays football differently. You've got to bear in mind the state of the game at that point as well. You know the, the time, the time left in the game, and what we're what we're hoping to achieve out of the game, and what they're being asked to do, what Eves has been asked to do, and what the midfield mm. is asked to do. It's again, it's one of those things you could go on about all night, and it, it it's just you know it, it, we're not getting any, we're not going to get anywhere with it, are we? You know, we're not gonna, you're not going to be able to come to any conclusions. But um, no. listen, overall, an excellent, excellent performance. Really, really good. Really positive. You know, we're playing some passing football, the likes of which some Robin United fans have never seen before. Uh, most championship clubs see it 
week in, week out. Well, week in, probably not week out, you know what I mean? But yeah. um, but we, we it's, it's something that we're not used to. Um, and, and it's looking good. It's looking really, really positive, I think. So yeah. um, I've only got one more comment on the game. So do I. Um, Fred should have had a penalty in that first half. I've seen it back now. I saw it back today. Um, and if if our goal was disallowed for a foul on their goalkeeper or an obstruction on their goalkeeper, um, Fred was absolutely taken completely cleaned out off the ball by the defender. Um, with a referee having a perfect view of it, um, he just he just literally wiped him out. Um, yeah, yeah, a bit of inconsistency there. But anyway, it is what it is. You know, you're not going to get... Um, I'm going to say you're not going to get them all. I mean, we'll just not get any of them, but anyway. We'll get one eventually. Well, we'll see. See if we can go full season without one again. I mean... Uh, I think we've used up our uh, penalty route uh, against Morecambe, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Like, the penalty we were going to win this season, we had to score against Morecambe. But, yeah, uh, just building off what you mix, uh, what you said, Mick, about um, a style of football we're almost not used to. Um, I'm sort of not used to Rotherham doing them like little flicks around the corner and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. running after the ball and everything. Like, if, if we were to do that, say... Um, <laughs> The, the last time we were in the championship, not the current stint, the last time before that would be like, what are we doing? Just look after the ball. Yeah. But yeah. this time around, it feels different. It feels like we've sort of applied those tricks in training and it's not the players doing it off cuff. It's almost yeah. like almost like a game plan. Um, and we're doing that and it's like, oh, that was risky. Oh, it's paid off. Oh, it's paid off again and again. Like, there may have been like one or two times where it didn't quite come off against Leicester, but if we were to try that against a team of, you know, not not to hit the horse whilst it's down, but say Sheffield Wednesday, you know, who are who are in a worse position than us, like we all have to, you know, bite the bullet and say they are in a worse position than us. In the current way of things, if we were to try that, they wouldn't know what to do. Same with like Middlesbrough and Huddersfield, for example. If we were to try that against them, they wouldn't be able to deal with it as well as a team that's come down from the Premier League that are more accustomed to it. Mm. But to see a team of Rotherham's, not to use the old trope, a team like Rotherham doing that sort of thing, it's interesting and it makes the football look attractive and you know, it makes you get behind the team more. And it's befitting of what Matt Taylor said earlier. We wants to play the football that Rotherham knows, but make it attractive. And I think mm. we're doing that now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, I got a good little conversation. We talked about the Stoke game. Aaron the bus driver says we don't, didn't get any so many injuries. We would have a healthy bench and comfortably low mid table. He believes, which I think is bang on to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, Nicholas Gibbs was very disappointed, but also very proud of the team and where we are going. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sam Doris, we haven't got the depth in the squad. I hope we can get some signs in quickly. Uh, mm-hmm. That's quite. Christina, this is a question from over Thursday. Did we miss Ben Wiles? Oh, we did okay. not. No, we did. Uh, no, I don't think so either. Um, move forward, we're going to briefly talk about the Stoke game and I suppose the question is Mick what do you want to see? Obviously, well there's not obviously about this, we've got a game that we could do without, I've done a Stoke preview and I says then we, we could really do without this game based on how the players were at the end of the game on Saturday we could really do without a game on Tuesday and the reason I say that even more is that we don't have the players to make 11 changes, hmm. we could make 4 or 5 changes, I'm sure we will including the keeper, but you're going to have to play Dexter because we ain't going to be able to play. You probably have to play on your dimmer. You'll probably have to play Rathbone and Cafu. 
we're so light that we don't have the the, the benefits to make eleven change, which Stoke could do. I'm sure he'll be able to make seven or eight changes. I think the likes of Andre Green and the, and the players that have been out and, and looking for match fitness will, make, will maybe make a start, but he'll, he'll change as many as he can. It's a pointless game, for, for, for my in my view. All, all we can do is hope to get some game time in, in into the legs of the players that, that are not getting any Tommy's, JJ, Kieran McGuckin, um, you know, the the the, the, uh, the backup keeper, uh, Dylan. Um, you know, players like that, um, uh, Sean Morrison. You know, he needs some. He needs some game time uh, to keep him to keep him fresh. So, starting up here as well. That's yeah, yeah. So, so straight away there, you've got seven or eight players. You know, you've got seven or eight changes right there. I think that's what he will do, um, and and hopefully not after not after playing any of the, any of the first teamers, um, or if he does, just you know, just to try and. Make up the numbers. Um, mm. it, it's it, the games, the games are ridiculous thing to say in it, but it, it, we, we are we are genuinely better off out of the competition, so probably unless we get Manu in third round, yeah, I know, and that's the issue. There's the financial side of it, and I'm, I'm sure Big Tony will not want um, will not want us out, he'll want us through on the Jeez. basis that we might get a big tie in the next round, but. From from a, a fitness point of view, from a team squad point of view, it, it, it's not going to do us any favours. I don't think. Mm. I and think from a sports point of view, from a sports oh, point yeah. of view, yeah, well, yeah. I, I'd like to see the, the youngsters. I certainly like McGuckin to get a start. Then I think that would make perfect sense for McGuckin to get a start in hopefully his natural position, whatever that is. Hopefully, he gets a start in his natural position. Um, and maybe Douglas, Henry Douglas is obviously with the squad. It'd be nice to see him get some minutes under the belt. So they're going to make a lot of changes because their priority is obviously the league and they can make changes and probably still be a good team, to be honest. Um, what are your thoughts on what you want to see? Um, I agree that we could really do without this game at the minute, I think. I think during the injury stuff, uh, the injury, little injury crisis we've got going on, we could do with a full week's break. Mm. Before the window shuts, because then it's like a proper, you know, stop, check, reassess. Then where we need to fill the holes, basically. But that's that's one side of it. But I think there is another side to it as well because we got quite well. There's no two ways about it. We got battered against Stoke in the league. Mm. So regardless of the teams that play out against each other, if we were to beat Stoke. It will still still be a little bit of a mental boost of you know that's happened and now we've gone out and beat them. So mm. mentality side of it, if we beat Stoke, it's great. In terms of the sports and fitness side of it, we could really do without it, and that's probably why we will make quite a lot of changes. Um, and I think the one player that will get probably the majority of the minutes from the start will be McGuckin as well. Mm. Um, because he seems to be a player that's broke out onto the scene under Matt Taylor. I've heard good things from Scarborough about him, but under Matt Taylor, it sort of appeared as a he needs to fill a, he needs to fill the hole that we've got. Yeah. Whereas now that we've seen him play, it's like actually the kid does really well. You know, he likes his tackles and stuff and everything. I think a lot of it is just um, just minutes. He doesn't have as many minutes as everybody else, so he doesn't quite have the. Um, 
the mental the mental side of football of you know what's the potass what what's like you know figuring it out on the fly sort of thing they say someone like Jordan Hugel has who was a lot a lot older than him but he's doing really well I want to see him start against Stoke if I'm being honest um give him just as many minutes as he can really yeah. and I think out of the little group that you can sort of see heading out on loan or being sold or whatever in that little group, I think McGuckin's slowly peeling off from it, where mm. actually you're the credit to the first team. And, and I think through, uh, I think through cup competitions, that's how you keep him ticking over. Mm. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Dyson says, "Man, you're away in the next round after whooping Stoke on a rainy night um, with the Millers singing. How rubbish must you be? We've played all our kids. <laughs> I think it's a, I think it's a no lose situation. If we lose, then we're not yet to doubt. As long as it's not seven nil or something ridiculous." Then if it's a two 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 nil loss, sort of thing, you know, it, it, we cut, we played played made a lot of changes, we can move on. If we manage to win, you sort of go, that's great, we've won, we've got a third round tie against somebody, might be a big tie, might not be a big tie. But you've then got that positive, like Danny mentioned, the positivity of beating the team that did you on opening day. Um having say it's a rubbish tie, it might actually be the perfect tie. Maybe. Don't know. We'll see, won't we? We'll see. We'll see. Uh try to give some predictions. No, <laughs> I think we'll. I think we'll. I think we'll go there, and I think we'll get. A, we'll draw one apiece, and it'll go to penalties. <laughs> I've got a similar vein. I've got nil nil, and for them to them to win on penalties. Fair enough, yeah. Because uh, it'd be. I, mean, I feel sorry for all the any Rotherham fans that make that journey if that happens. Um, but yeah, that's my prediction, Danny. Um, no, I'm going to echo you too. I think I think it's going to go to penalties as well. But I think if it does, we'll win on penalties. Mm. Some something will happen where we'll go here now then, and we'll win on penalties. The only thing is getting to penalties in the first place. Because uh, I've noticed that Phillips is very good with penalties. Isn't it? Yeah. All right, all right. It were only Morecambe, but he still has that positional awareness in goal, and he's able to read where the penalty is going quite well. So I think if it goes to penalties, whether it's nil nil, one uh, one, whatever, I think we'll go through. So nil nil one one. I'll go nil nil. Horrible nil nil. Did you say a loss on penalties, mate? I didn't. I didn't give a result on paper. If it goes to penalties, I think we'll win. Okay. These aren't going to the league table. We had the predictions last week for the Leicester game. Nobody got any points for that one. I went two two. Tom and Danny went one nil wins. So. No points to add to the tally. Mick, you went 2-0. Mm. Um, enjoy Dublin. Just let, let me know. I highly recommend going to Dublin for everybody. I highly, rec- I highly recommend it. Yeah, great weekend. Great weekend, apart from Ryanair, but let's not get into that. Uh, they're a shambles. But uh, the rest of it, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, quite a bit of Guinness was taken in, taken on board. And, uh, yeah, thoroughly enjoyable. Good. That's mixed glowing review. So right now, <laughs> if you want to come to the podcast, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, there we go. Anything else? Very quickly, we've got an hour and ten minutes nearly over. They'll not want to sponsor it, Danny, because we generally start on time. So <laughs> <laughs> they can sponsor me then, because I'm normally late, aren't I? Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else? No. No. Cool. We're still working out our plans for deadline day, which is obviously Friday. We will probably decide near the time if we're not going to make. If there's no signs we made, we might not do a deadline day episode. Given it's a Friday as well, I do want to do one. 
because I think, because, because it's a Friday, we can have a, have a have a couple of drinks and have a good laugh and you know. But if nothing happens, I'm not spending three hours on here talking about nothing. Yeah, um, I, mean, I mean, the only downside is I finish work at ten, so I've legit got an hour of yeah. the deadline to go. Mind you, though, I mean, now look, I'll finish at ten, and we'll announce the signing at five past. Well, exactly. If it, 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 let's see, if, if there's talk of a sign, we probably will come on and do a, do something Friday. Either way, we're here Thursday. Either way, either way, we'll be here Thursday to look back at the Stoke game, look ahead to the Norwich game. Just on the Stoke game, I don't think you're going to be able to watch it. I don't think it's an iPhone. I've looked, and what from what I can find, I couldn't find a match pass on the website, and it appears to be an EFL regulation that these are not streamed. Don't ask me why, but that's that's what I can find. Well, if, if we see, will we get audio? I think there is an audio pass. I think there's an audio pass. You can listen to, listen to the club commentary. Um, yeah, I can listen to Matt Goodwin's serenading voice. That's fine. Yeah. Um, from next season, all EFL Cup games are televised through Sky as part of the new TV deal. But this season, it's a no. Uh, so, anyone interested? Um, so, we'll end there. Thank you for being with us today. Make sure you subscribe. We have over a thousand views on the interaction. So, thank you, everybody who participated and watched that. And they've got loads and loads of comments on that. Thank you very much. Make sure you've subscribed to the YouTube channel because we're creeping up on 1,200 subscribers. Wow. We're getting up there. Well, no Swedish fish, fish this time. No sweat, no fish. <laughs> Maybe at 2,000 we can find someone. Um, I'm going to we'll go share that later. <laughs> Make sure you've given this video a like. Maybe give the thumbs up on the video if you are watching on YouTube and subscribed, as I mentioned. If you are listening on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you have subscribed onto wherever you are doing listening or followed, as it would be on Spotify. And you should be able to give us a five-star rating there as well, if you can. I'm also going to put in the, the links to the comments of the uh, Football Content Awards if you want to nominate or vote for us, there, is, there will be a link in the show notes on YouTube. I'll add that. And also the show notes for iTunes and Spotify. If you don't, don't worry about it. But if you fancy doing it, um, go on there and we would we would appreciate any positive feedback that we can be given. Uh, if, if loads of you vote for us and we actually happen to win, then we'll have to start a just fund me. Uh, just, yeah. you know what I mean. Just give him page. Go fund me page so we can actually attend the awards at however many hundreds of pounds per person it is to attend, so don't bother. <laughs> <laughs> don't if you're on an episode where Mick wins at the price of something, go and nominate us. Yeah. And the winner of the How Much Award is. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you, everybody. We, we appreciate everybody listening and, and participating, loads of comments and on Twitter and everything else. We appreciate everybody who, who gets in contact with us digitally and in person, because you people talk to us so we appreciate everybody and thank you for being with us basically otherwise we're just three divvies talking about football to nobody but thank you very much for being with us Mick thank you for being with us tonight and I will see you on Thursday Thursday perfect Danny are you with us on Thursday I am I may be slightly hungover because it's the day after my birthday but I'll still be with you I'm hungover today it's fine yeah it's <laughs> alright uh, yeah. thank you everybody up the millers, and we'll see you next time. Up the millers. It's a wild, wild through a goal. Swansea beyond Fodringham, and the millers are in front in the South Yorkshire derby. And for the first time in 42 yes. years, Fodringham yes. United win at Bramall Lane. On the edge of the box, and Duffy, he can hit them, and he does. Oh! Oh! Duffy! Secured their championship 
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.